look the legacy they've left and the heart that they gave you. And in that I say, happy Mother's Day. Now, we're going to talk about a subject today that I think is a perfect transition because I think some of the most patient people on the planet are moms. Absolutely. Now, some of you may say different. Don't elbow or nudge. It's Mother's Day. All right? So, but we're in this series pause, and I know that for a lot of us, uh, this series is, it makes perfect sense. I don't even need to explain it. You're like, why would we, why would we be in a series called Pause? What stopped? What possible thing in my life has slowed down or come to a stop in the last whatever? And some of you, listen, I know, some of you, life hasn't changed much. All right, talk to a couple of the farmers. They're like, nothing has changed. All right, <laughs> I literally go to the same place. I get it, I get it. For those of us that are homeschooling small children, a lot has changed. <laughs> Just be real with you, okay? And for those of you that have already homeschooled, Badge of honor bestowed upon you. <laughs> All right. And those of you that are teachers watching or listening, I love you so much. <laughs> and my wife does too. <laughs> so, why are we in this series? Because we need to learn how to come out of a pause. We need to learn how to act during a pause. We need to recognize that there's an opportunity when the action stops. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever watched an action-packed movie and then have someone pause it at the most inopportune times. I watched Jurassic Park recently. Some of the most inopportune times this movie was paused, and it drove me absolutely bonkers. Practically, the T-Rex is tearing into someone, and we're like, pause, we need a bathroom break. I'm like, what is happening right here? This is taking me away from the beauty, the brilliance of this whole film. And now I have to watch this frozen, terrified face for however long it takes. And I feel like, for me, it's where we're at, right? That's where we're at. We're just waiting for the world to restart. We're waiting for things to get back to where they were. And so I thought it would be brilliant, not necessarily in my own life, because I've got this perfectly worked out, but for you, all right, to talk about patience. All right, and that was a joke, in case my wife's watching. All right, and so what I want to do is, it, it, basically, it all came from one thought. This is the thought that I had from pause and patience. It's this one right here, and it, it wrecked me. I recognize this, at the end of my patience is where the opportunity to be truly patient starts. At the end of my patience is the opportunity to be truly patient. And this is where I feel like I am right now. I don't know if some of you feel this way. Ready? Just want to eat some salsa and queso at a restaurant with some friends. Just want to go to a movie. Can we just go to a movie? Some of you, I just... I just want to hug people. I just, want, I just I don't want to high-five to feel weird. Someone stole high-fives from me, and now I don't know what to do. Air high-fives aren't the same. They're just not. And I'm at the end of it. You know, it, whether you're more serious, where you're just politically, you're done. You're like, just, nope, we're over. <laughs> Wash it out. Or maybe you're just like, why can't we just get with the program? Just start, let's just do it. Let's just go with it. Whether it's personally or family. You've been around the same people, maybe in the same household, in the same geographical area for far too long. And you're done. But I think this is what I want us to take advantage of. It's the opportunity to be truly patient. 
It's the opportunity to be truly patient. Now, I'm well aware when I started this, because I've already done this before, this is the second service. When I decided and then told you guys that I was going to preach on patience, the last service, they stood up and they just clapped and they were so excited and they said, yes, we need it. All right, don't, don't ask questions. That's what happened. All right. You guys don't seem to have the same excitement. I, I know online you're doing it, though. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. All right. And the reason is because when I bring up patience, no one's so excited to learn about patience. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm impatient about your sermon on patience. Right? I mean, like genuinely, that's kind of the reaction. So I thought the only way to transition into something that's more boring than maybe, or more easily boring, because today's not going to be boring, is math. All right? So let's just start with some math. I know some of you are like, great, we're just going downhill quick. All right, let's just start with some math. And we'll use the Bible to do math. Some of you didn't know we could do this, but we're going to do a little bit of math. All right? We're going to create some equal equations on either side. Do a little algebra. All right? You ready? First John chapter 4, verse 8 says this. Whoever does not love God, or our equation, God is love. All right? God is love. Remember that. God is love. God is love. Then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is Paul explaining the importance of love. After explaining that the body of Christ is like a physical body, all these ligaments, all these tendons, all these parts that need to work together, and they have their special gifts. And he's like, the body is perfectly positioned. Jesus is the head. We can do this. We're going to be a movement. Then he pauses, and he's like, oh yeah, I, don't, I can't forget the key. And he says this, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not love, I am a resounding gong, a clang symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, ooh, I am nothing. And if I, have all, if, I, if I give all I possess to the poor and give all over my body to the hardship that I may boast, which is basically death, which is ended up what it does, so I may boast, but I do not have love. I gain nothing. You should just put this in your mind. If we love poorly through this, no matter how wise or right or in all the things we know, if we love poorly, he says, it is nothing and we gain nothing. Because love is patient. It's the first word. Now, this is a long list, so you need to go read the rest of this. But I find it curious that he thinks the first thing you need to know is love is patient. So here's our equation. You ready? God is love, and that is equal to love is patient. It's the same thing. All right? Now, why this is important is we're going to do the next part of this equation, and you need to see how this transfers. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. One verse before the one we just read a few, a few, a few minutes ago. Dear friends, let us love one another, for the love comes from where? God. God is love. And everyone who loves has another. You are being like God, because God is love. So let's finish the equation. John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know, by this, everyone will know that you have loved one another. Now pause. This is right after he's washed the disciples' feet. That's where this is. This is where this command comes in. And it's a command. It's not, it would be nice. 
I would like you to change your answer. I would like you to be a little bit more acclimable. I, I would like you to just be a little bit more. No, it's a command. So here's our equation. You ready? God is love. Love is, love is patient. Love one another. Be patient with one another. Equal. They're the same. Loving one another is the same as being patient with one another. I know some of you are like, that's the big math equation. I just wanted to show you how it works. All right? I just wanted to show you how. I know that's super simple. Nobody's like going like, oh, man. I know it wasn't algebra. We did have letters in there, but there was no letters and numbers. So we got through it. Now, here's the thing. Why this is important is because love is a key component to understanding the vital reason that we need to be patient. It's a part of another. Now, why is it so hard to be patient? Have you thought about this? Who, just be honest, if you're online too, I want you to do this. Who struggles with being patient? Just get, don't gate arm it. Be honest. Just be honest right here. And your, your, your spouse or friend may nudge you right now to help you know if you need help. All right? Gently and CDC guideline. All right? So six feet away, air push. All right? Here we go. So I... Struggle with patience. I struggle. Can I tell you a story? Don't judge me. And if you work at Dairy Queen and Monette, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why? Why do I struggle with these stupid food places? This is my confession. I went to Dairy Queen a couple days ago. Through the drive-thru, I wanted to get my treat. It's a special treat. Most of you have never had it. You don't even know it exists. It's called a Misty Freeze. Okay? It is a Slurpee mixed with ice cream. I know. Sounds delicious. All right? Because it is. And I had multiple people already come up and go, you didn't get a blizzard? I'm like, no. All right? I'm a smart kid. I found out they were half the price of blizzards, twice as many of those as a kid for one blizzard. I was like, yeah, done. Sold. All right? I'm in. Normally, I get a cherry one. It looks like a vampire would love it. Bright red, all right? I'm at the window. I'm watching the new girl. I know she's new because she's got four people around her and trying to help her do it. And I watch her, and she does it wrong. Guys, this is how many I've had over my lifetime. I know how many pumps of syrup. I know what it's supposed to look like. I can tell it's wrong. She hands it to me. I look at it, and I go, oh, did you, did you get the portions right? And she goes, yeah. I went, okay. And then I drove about 10 feet, and I tried it, and it tasted like a cloud, not cherry, because there wasn't enough syrup in it. So what did I do? Did I just drive away and go, God, oh, she's learning, there's patience, there's, there's grace? No, I flipped a Yui, went back through the drive-thru. Second time through the drive-thru, went right up to the window, talked to the girl again, told her what was going on. She went, okay, walked in. Now I get to watch the manager and her play out. This is the best part, right? I watch the manager come over, I watch her train her, and I watch her do the same thing. Same amount of syrup, same amount of ice cream, same amount of whole thing. And then she hands it out the window and says, here you go. And I'm just a doofus. Because <laughs> I went, you, you sure? And she went, yeah. Okay. Drove about 10 feet. <laughs> Tasted like a cloud. It wasn't cherry. I was so frustrated. So then, then now what do I do, right? I'm the patient one. I know I'm preaching about patience in three days. 
Pull back around. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I told you, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Pull back around. I, I'm, too, I'm too embarrassed to go to the window. I just go to the box. All right? I just go to the box. And I said, hey, I actually, my thought was, maybe it's like watermelon. Maybe it's a different flavor, you know, and she's just not putting the right flavor in it. And so I look, and there's a strawberry kiwi, and I'm like, that's it. It's strawberry kiwi. That's what it's got to be. So I said, hey, did you put the right flavor in this thing? And it's the manager. And she goes, yes, we did, sir. And that was the end of my patience. And some of you have known me for a while, and you know that McDonald's has been the bane of my existence. But Dairy Queen may have taken the crown at this moment. I knew I was preaching about patience. I knew it was completely, and I had a $4 thing that I was sitting now watching melt, and I'd already been through, and I needed to get back. And I don't know how I did it. I actually thought it was a decent reaction in the moment, but I went, okay, and just drove away. <laughs> now, I didn't say that in my mind. My mind, I went, I want to go inside and give you the COVID and big old hug, show you how to make this right, because that's the terrible person that I am. But then about 10 minutes after I left there and I'm driving and staring at this thing that's melting, I started to go, oh, I blew it. That was my chance. Now, for most of us, that's how we view patience, right? That's it. Just these moments where we kind of have these chances to be good, right? And just, 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 just do the good thing. But I think there's different levels of patience that we're experiencing now than just a wrong thing at Dairy Queen. There's three levels that I found in my own thoughts this week that I pulled straight from, I think, examples. The first is what you just heard. It's just inconvenient. It's just super inconvenient. I, I just, I had this thing a hundred times. I knew it was going to be like, I was looking forward to it. Like, we get nothing right now. We never get to go out. We don't get to do these things. This was my chance. Now i got to drive home and think about it. I'll never get to do it again. It's just inconvenient. There's another level that's a little bit more challenging, and that's when it's a cost. You ever had someone do something that just costs you more than you want to pay, and you have to be patient about it? Like, you know, going to see somebody needing to be somewhere on time, knowing that being on time is very, very important and it's going to cost you maybe a write-up, maybe just a reprimand, maybe even just some emotional. Maybe it's financial. Someone's just not following through and you're trying to be patient, but it's costing you. That's tough. How about this level? This is the level that I think is the worst. It's suffering. Not too long ago, my uh, middle son slammed his finger in a car door, and he couldn't get it out. Terrifying as a parent. Now, I also, in my mind, have to look back and remember that I was not patient with him because he was not supposed to be playing in the car in the first place. And then he locked himself in the car with his finger. So in my mind, it was justice. <laughs> but he was not in a patient mood when I got out to find him. He was desperate because he was suffering. In our suffering, it is hard to be patient, isn't it? So difficult when we're hurting and when 
we need things to change for the hurting to go away, and we have to be patient in it. It's difficult. Let me give you some understanding that Jesus went through all three of these stages. It's actually where I pulled some of this from. Jesus came down to earth. That is very inconvenient. <laughs> Let's just talk about it. Like, you're on vacation, someone comes, you know, hey, why don't you just come back to May where we're going to get snow here in a couple days. And you're in Hawaii. You're not like, sure. And how much more is this that he's in the heavenly realms and perfection and he chooses to come down here and become like man? Inconvenient at the least, right? Now he's got to like eat food and vegetables and stuff, right? Like he's got to eat. How about this? Jesus counted the cost. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, that he was tempted in every way that was common to man. Not only did he have to come, and not only did he leave a certain place, but then he had to come down to this place that's inconvenient, but now he's got to be tempted, and he's got to go through all these hardships and struggles, that his own body would betray him, that he would have hunger, that it would cost him that. Difficult. But how about this one? Jesus suffered to show us patient, perfect love. Philippians chapter 2 says this, even death on a cross. Patience has a whole other level. Now, how was Jesus able to do this? And I think this is where we start getting the keys to what I'm wanting and hoping you will do as you take advantage of this opportunity to truly be patient. Jesus knew he would get the last word and that love itself gets the last word. Remember our equation. Isn't that ultimately what we're fighting for when we're impatient? Get the drink right. Do it now, right now. See, Jesus had the end in mind when he was being patient. He knew what was going to be said, what was going to happen. He knew that victory was coming. And patience is a different animal with that perspective. Completely different. So here's the final word that love has that I think it's important that he had in his mind that you and I have to have in our mind, truthfully. It comes from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Do not forget this one thing, dear friend, Peter says about Jesus and the understanding of how he works. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. As some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you. He's patient with you. Why? Because he's got the end in mind. He's got the end in mind, not wanting anyone to perish, but, but everyone to come to full repentance. He has the end in mind. Here's the thought. The final word is, you are worthy of all the inconvenience, cost, and suffering. Jesus paid it in full. Love paid it in full. Every single bit of it. The inconvenience, cost, and suffering. When Jesus is being patient in those moments, he's going, no, this is what I came for. I came for this. I came to set this right. And I know in the end, that's what I'm going to do. I get the final word. 
If you remember nothing else I say today, this is what I want you to walk away with. You ready? Real patience remembers love gets the last word. Real patience remembers that love gets the last word. Now, I know that that may seem like a pithy statement that when you have minor inconveniences, it's not like I'm going to be staring at the Dairy Queen girl and going, love gets the last word. It's okay, sweetie. I hope in my heart I'm doing that. But I'll tell you this, when it costs something, like where it has suffering attached to it, and there's no end in sight yet, but there's a hope. Love still gets the last word. Doing this is extremely difficult. Uh, Bob Goff talked about this when he was dealing with some people uh, in Africa where they were adopt or they were taking orphans and actually pulling them in with witch doctors. And witch doctors were taking and then using the vital organs of these small children and then using them for medicine. And so some of these orphans were disappearing and brutally things were happening to him. It was terrible. And then he's interacting as a lawyer in Africa for these countries to try to stop these witch doctors. And he's staring at guys that are doing terrible things. And he said it was really hard to remember that 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 person was just as I was, paid in full. That God saw them as worthy of the inconvenience and the cost and the suffering just as much as me. And so he, in his book, uh, Love Does teaches us his view on how to be patient. And regardless if it's inconvenient or it has a cost or you're in the midst of great suffering, he says this, you need to listen, count to three, and if need be, repeat. And what he basically does is he goes, I'm just listening to God and believing while I count to three that he is going to show me that love gets the last word. Love gets the last word in my suffering, in this high cost, in my inconvenience. Love gets the last word. And he said sometime he got to 100. (laughs) Right? Took him a while before he was like, all right, I think I finally made it. I think we've gotten there. And I'll tell you, if you want to see God do some incredible things in your heart, try preparing a sermon on patience in the midst of trying to homeschool your children, in the midst of a global pandemic, and in the midst of figuring out that you are probably one of the least patient people you know. (laughs) This week I had some really hard stuff happen, not necessarily in our church, but with people that I love and know. Um, I have a close friend that's a pastor in a a place over in Wichita, and they had a close family that they had a 10-year-old boy lose his fight with cancer this week. And had chemo for two years and went home and died in hospice. And he's just heartbroken. Their family's just suffering. A little boy named Carter. Yes, one of my, I would say, one of my mentors that I've never met um, has been given a prognosis that he will pass away soon of his cancer diagnosis and has been sent home on hospice. There are times when I think patience is something that I forget I need in understanding and fully grasping the world around me and what's going on. 
I think there are times that I need to remember in those types of situations too when my heart is burdened by the death of a child, the death of someone that I love and I look up to, that that's where patience plays a role too. That love still wins. It has the last word. Jesus is the victor. And that he has paid it in full. I want to be a group of people, you guys, that love, that love well. And I'll tell you right now, we need to reflect the love of Jesus in our patience. And I know it's going to have a cost. And I know it will cause some suffering. But we need to be patient people because that's what love is. And that's the God we serve. We can do that. The last thing I want to do is have this thing end and we look like the people that were anxious, worried, and fear-filled. I want to be faith-filled. I don't want to be fearful. And I want to be faith-filled and full of love that is patient. Now, we can't be lazy, but you tell me patience doesn't play a role in your daily struggle with some of the things that are going on in your heart and what you should be reflecting and what I should be reflecting. I think we could do a better job, I know I can, of loving well the people around us by being patient. There's some questions to help you figure this out. Do I struggle with being patient? Why is that? Have you not counted in a while and remembered that every single person, as C.S. Lewis says, every person you interact with in this world is an eternal being equal to you? That's terrifying. They have a chance. God saw them as worthy. Why do I struggle with patience? Do I need to ask for help or accountability in taking steps to be more patient? Man, this is, this is so hard. You know how hard it is to admit to you guys that I all practically yelled at a lady at Dairy Queen over a stupid $4 drink? It's not fun. It's not. I don't like it. It's silly. But I promise you, it, it creates shame and guilt. But you know what's really fun about it is three days later, I'm, or two days later, yesterday, I'm at McDonald's, and the line is three times as long. And you guys know my bane that the McDonald's here has been. They did a phenomenal job. And here's the silly little story. I was going to make it right. This is what I was going to do. I was going to pay for the person behind me. I was like, I'm going to make it right. I'm going to be patient. I got up there. Someone already paid for mine. Really? <laughs> what? They happened to be in first service, and I caught them, and I knew who it was. <laughs> I said, you. So I paid for the person behind me. You know how much it was? $1.27. I pay for the person behind them. You know what they got? $1.27. $2.79. But you know what I was thinking about? Being patient. The conviction that I hadn't been before and making a change. And that's just a simple inconvenience. What if we... What if we just asked for some help and took some steps? Do I need to ask for forgiveness for a friend, coworker, or family member? Maybe I just need to go back to I probably will. Do I need to start praying 
This is a time to pray, you guys, if there's ever been, for more patience. You lay it down, and whatever it's been, if it's some suffering, if there's a cost, if there's just some inconvenience you're frustrated about, pray about it. Ask for some patience. Let God have the last word in those things. Man, if we do that, wouldn't that be amazing? We got to pause, ask some difficult questions, take a chance, be a little bit more patient. We're going to sing a song together to close. And I'm excited because this is a song that, well, every time I sing it right now, I don't know why, I just I cry a little bit. You guys know I'm a crier, but there's something about knowing that we're singing this together, whether we're in a room or online, that it gives me pause to know that God is still faithful. And Jed's going to let us know where exactly the lyrics come from. But man alive, I will tell you the power is still there. And what it's all about and why this is something, I think it's all the more in the timing that we're in. I'm excited to have a chance to be together again in the room, but what I'm more excited about, if I can be honest, is the day that's coming when all sin fades away and all pain or viruses, all that pain and sorrow and tears fade. And that, you guys, no matter if we come back together with no restrictions here, that desire will remain and still long and be patient for that greater redemption. Let's sing this together. Let's declare the hope that it is and the praise that it is.